Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to winter is blooming a game of thrones rewatch podcast by us the penny bloom podcast today we continue that rewatch with season five episode three titled high sparrow written by dnd david benioff and db weiss been a while since we've seen any other name in that written by column mm. uh, and directed by mark mylod Ooh, i like mark mylod he directed uh 2022's The Menu, if you'll recall, with uh, Rafe Fiennes and, uh, you know, that high-end restaurant where people go to and then he ends up killing everybody. Uh, it's a really good movie. Um, strongly recommend. But, yeah, I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? What up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And we've got another goodie on our hands. They just uh, They just keep on coming, man. They oh, yeah. just keep on coming. We're in the golden age right now for Thrones. It just, I don't know. I, I, like, it started off a little slow this season. Not going to, like, you know, it was a little, like, I expected just to keep riding high off season four. Um, but they were just laying the groundwork for the season. And now, now by episode three, I mean, it's already, it already seems like they're just, just running, mm-hmm. running yeah, away it's, with uh, it. So. We're, um, and, like, the way that the stuff that, They've done an excellent job at setting up the course of the season this year, maybe better than they ever have with any other season as far as like foreshadowing the events to come Mm. and setting up the beefs and like really, really emphasizing who hates each other and who loves each other and who's going to, you know, like it's just, it's been wonderful character work so far, even if it hasn't been the most exciting, but uh Mm. Yeah, we got it. We got another goodie. We got another goodie on our hands with uh, only a few locations this week. We got Volantis, mm-hmm. Bravos, The Wall, The North, and King's Landing. So I think that's five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, if you are ready, I am ready to get going. Oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So we start in King's Landing. Wherein uh, Cersei Lannister passes by a large crowd on her way to the Great Sept of Baelor, and she's uh, getting increasingly annoyed as the people are cheering for Queen Marjorie. Queen Marjorie, not just Marjorie. Uh, mm-hmm. And Cersei is bothered. Um, yeah, such a little window, you know, in her car, like a little, <laughs> little drape, you know, little thing. She's like, ah, yeah. whatever. Can't even look at these people anymore. But. Uh, not a good episode for her, you know. No, I, just like I mean, performance-wise, great, but oh, like just brilliant. as she's, far as her really character, good. she's not liking it. Yeah, but she's uh she's having her season five is her prolonged Joker moment. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it's uh it's already yeah. been getting really really bad. Um, but now this is this is her breaking point. This is when stuff <laughs> and it and it comes to a culmination in the season five finale whenever she's forced to march through the streets naked. But uh, like uh, you're right. It's a very prolonged Joker. Moment. Like, like this, from this, there's a, there's a moment 
here in a, in a little bit whenever she's walking out of the room and she can hear Marjorie and all her friends like laughing at her. And it's mm-hmm. like zooming in on her face as they're laughing and she's walking away and she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking kill all I of them. I can't wait to you know? blow all of them up. She doesn't know that yet. I mean, maybe no. she does. Maybe she's thinking it. You know, maybe she's like, I just want to kill all of them. Um, but one fell swoop, you know. Um, I don't no, know she's, she's got it like that. that. Yeah, but, but yeah, this is, uh, I don't know. She's, she's not liking it right now. Not having a lot of fun. No. But. Not the uh, not the best time Cersei's ever had, but uh, yeah, she's heading to the wedding. We got a royal wedding in this episode. Uh, Tommen and Marjorie are uh, are joined in holy matrimony, much to the dismay of Cersei. And that night they consummate their marriage. Uh, and this is where I got my line. Uh, very quickly, oh, I, I went yeah. with Tommen and saying, uh, "All I want to do is this all day, every day, for the rest of my life." Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, no weird weird thing. I was reading the trivia for this episode, and a lot of it's to do with prostitutes in this episode, and then this moment right here. Because in the books, Tommen at this point is nine, uh, nine years Whoa. old. They don't, they just sleep in the same bed. They don't do anything. They don't consummate. Even in the books, yeah, even in the books, they don't do anything. George doesn't go that far. Um, that's, that's good. That's good to know about yeah, they, Jordy. They say in the in the TV show that like uh, you know he doesn't need. Um, Someone says like that Tommen doesn't need Cersei anymore, that he is of legal age, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so he is 16 in the show right now. So a lot lot different from nine, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know, I, I just loved, like, he's like, it was all just, it happened so fast, you know? Like, yeah. that's like the first thing he said. He's like, it just, ha- I don't know. And then he's like, just going in for another kiss. And she's like, ah, I like, think maybe. Maybe we, maybe we, have, maybe we chill a little bit. Rest uh, a little bit, man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this... Maybe you drink some Gatorade, bro. Get them electrolytes back up. Uh, nah, yeah. he's, uh, he's excited and, uh, who can blame him? Uh, this would, yeah. this would be, this would be an exciting time as Tommen. Um, yeah. Dude's just been yeah, in like, castles whole life, not having like, I don't know. Like, he, we haven't really seen him at all before this. And then now he's just, the king has Marjorie married, well, like he wedded very fast that. too. Yeah, yeah, he explores all that. He's like, it's it's strange. Yeah, you know, I'm the king, mm-hmm. and I'm married to the most beautiful woman in Westeros, and it's all because my brother died. Yeah, you know, like a what a weird political system they got going. Yeah, you know. But, and Marjorie's like, you mustn't feel guilty. And he's like, I really don't. It, that's <laughs> part of why it's weird. You know, he's like, he's honest. Yeah, he's honest. You know, um, oh, that's what makes just, like, it's just such a shame that he's such a young kid. Like Tommen yeah. is such a good dude that he has the makings for a pretty decent king. You know, like uh, if mm-hmm. if he were to be groomed by the proper people um, instead of everyone just trying to take advantage of him at every single turn, which is so fucking sad, but he's just such a good little dude, you know? Uh, I feel like if he grew up, he'd be like a Viserys from House That was of exactly Dragon. what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, like, he just seems, seems just like a good guy. Like, and, but you know, maybe, maybe not strong enough or stern enough for some yeah. people as king, whatever, but at least he's like not the Mad King and just setting people ablaze and killing everybody yeah. and stuff, you know? I'd, well, I'd that's the that. thing is that this is an excellent, I think it's an excellent representation of what would happen as far as this season to a child who becomes king where, you know, you've grown up in a house that's been like, we praise this set of gods, 
you know, like this is just this is just what we do. And he prays every night, he does all this, and then he becomes king. And it's like, well, how can you? What is a very reliable way for people to like you as a king? And it's like, well, I'll just be, I'll just be pious, you know, like I'll just. Mm-hmm. So he steers completely into the religion realm and ends up handing power over to a to a pope, essentially. Um, just, yeah, just super sad, man. I, I, Tommen's yeah. arc, um, it's gonna hurt a little bit more, I think, watching it week to week and kind of yeah. discussing it every time. Uh, because he's king for two whole seasons. Dang. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Season six, episode 10 is when he leaps out of a window, so. He's king, but he's never really king, you know? Exactly. He gets, he gets, I guess he gets Marjorie and he gets like that sort of thing, but like he never like does anything kingly. Really, mm-hmm. like as far as I'm remember, I don't know. Maybe he does. I'm not sure, but like I, I don't remember him really doing much at not all, many, other than yeah, just handing the power over. Yeah, um, not many royal decrees uh, from Tommen, uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's extremely happy uh, to be to be married and having sex with Marjorie Terrell. This is all very cool with him. Um, and Tommen's like uh, he, he comments on his mom and. How he doesn't know she hasn't been happy in a long time, you know, like she he just wants her to be happy. And Marjorie is like, perfect. I'm going to sink my claws into this motherfucker real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What if uh, what if she shouldn't <laughs> stay in King's Landing? Yeah. Uh, as long as he does or as long as she does, you'll continue to just be her little baby boy. And uh He's like, mm, okay, yeah, you know. I'm a man now. I just had sex, so like yeah. I'm a, actually a man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure he did say that. Like he's like, you'll just be a little boy. He's like, I'm I'm a man now. Like yeah. he, he like got all all big chest. I become, and I become a man tonight. Uh, he's ready to take his stand, you know. And uh, the next morning, Tom it is not so subtle, uh, and Cersei can see right through it into where this is coming from. Uh, but they're out for a walk, and tell, Tom and tells his mother, "Like, uh, are you 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 happy in King's Landing, man? Is this something you like?" And she's like, "You know, I I I just love being around my family. I love you, and uh, and that's that's all I need." And he's like, "But wouldn't you be? You told me how much you loved it back at Casterly Rock, and then like this is one of those reasons that like I was tempted to go with Lena Hetty because like mm-hmm. just her kind of like the way she can like seethe privately." Is yeah. kind of incredible. Um, just while holding it all in, mm-hmm. she's like, she's ready to explode right oh, now. 100%. You know, like she's just, she wants to just explode. But yeah, she's but just, she knows this isn't who the object of her ire is. She know she knows that it's Marjorie she's pissed at, and it yeah. doesn't do him, it doesn't do her any good to blow up on Tommen because if mm-hmm. she does, he'll she'll get sent away to Casterly Rock, and that's the opposite of what she wants. So it's like a. I, I just appreciate everything happening in this scene, and I feel I feel really bad for Cersei for the most part. But uh, you know, she's it's it's amazing how this show can like they've painted Cersei as like a villain, you know, yeah. and more so on this watch than any other. Have I been more sympathetic to Cersei than I ever this have before? Too. Yeah, um, I mean this this one was. I mean, I, I was like, man, like it just 
kept coming. Like her just being, you know, in the streets, being like, "Oh damn, yeah, it's Queen Marjorie now." Like fuck, mm-hmm. and then like now my own Mom kid, my like, own, like, maybe the only good go thing home. she has left, pretty much. Like yeah, just go home. Like don't even be here anymore. I don't really care. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, she's just like just going on from one thing to the next, and then like talks to Marjorie. You know, being like just going at like obviously like. I don't know. She's going up to say like congratulations and like you know if you need anything, whatever. But like, I don't. It's just. It didn't seem like there was any plot at all whatsoever. Like it was just kind of like I feel it like was just, just like an actual, we're like, going weird. every. I think everything with Cersei here on out is she, she, like even her meeting with the High Sparrow later. Mm-hmm. Right now, it seems like she's building like her super team of terrible people. Uh, you know, like a, of, of fascists with like yeah. Kyburn at her side and the high sparrow <laughs> at the other. And she's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to take over and we're just going to fash all over the place. Um, That's but true. even that backfires, you know, like it's, it's just all sorts of stuff that leads to Cersei. I'm, I'm curious how much the rest of the season involving Cersei is just leading further and further and further into her dark place, you know, because shit previously. We saw her daughter got threatened, and that's like the most recent thing that happened before this episode. She sent mm-hmm. Jamie off. You know, uh, Tywin died at the end of season four. Like it's it's just kind of like a a cascade of events that's yeah. just leading Cersei further and further into uh, villainy. Um, but, Joker moment on steroids, kind of. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like bigger than Joker moment. Um, Joker life. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so deducing that this is Marjorie's idea, uh, after Cersei declines Tom and the invitation back to Casterly Rock, uh, she goes to pay Marjorie a visit and she finds her, uh, you know, gossiping with, with the, with the Queen's friends, um, and is basically like, goes up to Cersei and is basically like, wow, I fucked your son so much last night. Um, yeah, you know, just yeah. what a mother wants to hear, you know, just, and like, yeah, I don't know. She, Marjorie is very, very confident. In oh, she, like, yeah. Well, she feels untouchable. You know, she is the queen now. Like she, yeah. like she's reached to the point that she never reached with Renly or she reached with Joffrey officially. Oh, she's yeah. there. He was queen for like a couple for a reception. And then yeah. that was it. I, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't even really think about that. Like, I was like, oh, she was queen before. But like, ah, not really. Like, not really for for a day um, was all. Not even a day. But, and that yeah, was now, even what, uh, like, Olena told her after Joffrey's death, whenever she was like, so am I queen? And she's like, well, more than you were with Renly, less than you would have been had he had the courtesy to die after you consummated the marriage. So, like. Oh, that's like yeah. the that's like the bar, you know. It's like now that they've consummated the marriage, she's like, "I'm, I'm his wife. I am the queen," you know. And yeah. that's so like she's she's feeling herself uh, to the max. Her entire plot since season two has finally come to fruition. Um, and uh, Cersei's just you know not seething in front of Marjorie, but all the people are there, so she's got to be nice. She's the queen mm-hmm. now. Uh, just keeps rubbing it in Cersei's face and uh, seeing herself not succeeding in this interaction. She goes ahead and walks away. Uh, almost a line from there that I went with. Uh, like, 
Marjorie saying, you know, can we get you anything to eat or drink? You know, we don't have any wine. It's too early in the day for us. Um, yeah. And, and then it's another, you know, camera just on Lena Headey just having to be like, okay. Like, all right. You know, I. It's that queen. shit she does with like her eyebrow. Like whenever she like looks away, like mm. she'll be making eye contact with somebody and then she'll look down into the left or right and like raise her eyebrow and be like, yeah. And like take it's a deep that, breath. Like, yeah, some of her best acting is like just her not even talking, like mm-hmm. at all. It's just it's just her reactions to everything, and it's like she's so good, man. man. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, no, love me some Lena Headey, and she's, she, I mean, she's exquisite from here on in. But just goes to show how good she is and how good she can be. But uh, we then cut to Little Little Fingers Brothel. Uh, been a while mm. since Littlefinger has been in Littlefinger's brothel, by the way. It's been sure. quite some time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we see the sparrows come on in. They're like, yo, you, uh, Mr. High Septon, who is engaged with the prostitutes dressed as the religious deities that he preaches about. Um, quite the kink on a Septon, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, uh. Yeah, I choose the mother, and like the guy's like as always. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, then, and the who else stranger. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know that is extra, right? Like, yes, <laughs> yes. You're ruining the immersion, or yes, you know, I'm like, trying it. to have a good time, man. Uh, <sighs> no, not, man, not what is... a uh, Septon's supposed to be doing. Um, as they, you know, swear a life of celibacy or whatever the word i think that's the word yeah celibacy uh, yeah that's a a big no-no there but uh yeah you know when you're up there and you're that powerful you know he feels untouchable until there's a group of religious extremists who come on in and torture him through the streets that's a different thing uh you know he's uh they, they come on in and he's forced to walk naked through the streets while the sparrows proclaim him a sinner yeah. it's our first this is our first shame walk mm-hmm. uh Walk of shame, indeed, and angered by humiliation, he heads to the heads to the small council. Thereafter, every time he like covers his junk, they like slap his hands. They're like, "Yeah, no, show everybody." Fuck. Yeah, yeah, get that. Get, yeah, just and he's just like, oh no, he just kind of just keeps his arms at his sides too. He's like, like he's like, all right, it, fine, what the whatever. Like, yeah, oh no, and he and he's like, yeah, his line of defense is like, all right, I'll go, I'll go to the small council and I'll tell them. Yeah, I was just found at this brothel, uh, uh, breaking, you know, just one of my biggest vows that I've made, you know, whatever. Uh, they, they should be punished for this. I can't believe. <laughs> what, well, like, what I, love, I loved the inner. I can't remember who, like, retorts to him, mm-hmm. but he says something about how, you know, I preach to the, to the lowly uh, the same as I do the high. And, they're like, oh, so you were preaching to this group of devout prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and these, uh, it, I think it might have been Kyburn. Maybe. Well, I don't I know. Think, yeah. I guess, well, it seems like, like such a little finger line, but I know mm-hmm. Littlefinger's not there, which is kind of biz- like I can see Littlefinger saying mm-hmm. it, but I know it wasn't. Uh, yeah, and then Pycelle I, being like, a man's private, whatever, yeah. it should be kept <laughs> private, you know, and then Cersei like kind of gives him a little like, all right. Yeah. Good sir, I cannot believe yeah. this. Uh, Mace Tyrell oh, just, just a big old fucking yeah. idiot. Yeah, uh, he's just, you know, he got two titles though. He's the master of coin and master of um yeah? ships. Yeah, ships. yeah. So I mean, yeah, you know, he thinks he's doing great. 
Um, he's living. He's living the high life right yeah, now. He's, but, he's uh, doing fine. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone's basically like, go fuck yourself, man. Uh, there's like no resolution here except that Cersei says that she's going to go ahead and meet the High Sparrow for herself. Mm-hmm. And she goes down into the slums of King's Landing and she, she finds a man and she tells him that he's looking, she's looking for the High Sparrow and he's like, the High Sparrow, such a goofy fucking title, isn't it? It's like King Turtle or, uh, some, something or other. Yeah. I don't know. The High Sparrow sounds a lot cooler than King Turtle. That's and, way uh, cooler. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess Sparrow, yeah. He's it just being humble. Bird, but, like, you know? that's a sick name. Um, yeah, he's just being humble. He, he says that, like, we're often stuck with the names our our enemies give us. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, okay. And, uh, you know, he's not wearing any shoes, so she asks, you know, why no mm-hmm. shoes? I gave them away. Yeah. We all do that. Okay. We just got it like that. And the all the meantime, Cersei's like, God damn, it smells so bad in here. She's yeah. like, she keeps covering her nose, like just like, ugh. But I don't know. It, well, and it's making- so interesting to contemplate whether because he is a religious extremist, so he's automatically because I mean, like, if you are leading a group of people who are going to torture people through the streets for sinning, this is what we would call uh, religious extremism. Um, oh yeah. So he's yeah, automatically better. not a great guy. Yeah. Um a few, few steps down on the ladder, that's for sure. Yeah. At least uh, he seems nice though. Yeah, no, and my, like, that's my curiosity. That's what I that's I'm intrigued to watch and see if his rise to power is intention as intentional as it kind of seems. Mm. Or if it's more that he kind of gets there by happenstance being in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. and then yeah like, i guess it absolute, could be more ab- like absolute power corrupts absolutely like yeah. is he like is he actually generally just devout in his beliefs and strongly thinks that if you sin i'm going to punish you mm-hmm. which is not again want to emphasize that's already not a good thing to do i'm saying there's levels to this evil shit and he can get he gets much more evil um yeah I don't, yeah, I never really thought of it as like intentional and like if he orchestrated anything, you know. I think, I think, uh, you know, wh- whoever the the other who they just outed, you know, uh, yeah, the high septon, yeah, high, yeah, high septon. There it is. You know, I think that was just that's just like number one on their thing. They're like, well, if if our, you know, you're trying to push our religion, whatever, and you don't even stand for it, we're gonna out you, whatever. Hmm. But then, like, at the end of the meeting, like, this meeting with Cersei, where Cersei's like, you know, we we need to work together. Like, we really need to work together, and, and like, right now it's more important than anything. He kind of gets this, like, oh, like, okay. Yeah. And, oh, I can, I can kind of get behind that. And, and yeah, I think, I think it is sort of like a just – maybe it wasn't his initial goal to be like, yeah, I'm going to basically be the king, and Tom is going to hand everything over to me. But I think it. I think it just he so happened to like this first meeting. He's like, okay, well, obviously I'm getting noticed by the right people, right? And like it's going well. And then he just keeps climbing and climbing and climbing. And yeah, I mean, when you a when you get that taste like of that power, though, yeah. for that to be like your announcement onto the scene, mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of know what you're going for. You know what I'm saying? Like for you to the the first person you take down publicly. Is, is the high is Little Finger doing anything here? Ooh, it is Little Finger's brothel. 
Right. And he right. knows who comes in there. And maybe he's like, hey, yo, I, I know a guy that comes in here that, that easy, easy, you know, swing for you guys. Like, uh, I don't know. He he is very far away, but, but I mean, he's getting ravens. He's sending messages. He's doing his own it's thing, true. you know? Um, I don't know if, if that ever comes around, but I don't know. It, it is going to be interesting to watch the High Sparrow a little closer and, and see if Because they also seem to imply that he's a new arrival to King's Landing, you know? Yeah. like He's like, like not he always been here yeah. long. Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which is another interesting thing. So I'm, I, I, I'm just really interested to see if they ever give us any more insight. Because again, I'm with you. Like while I've always acknowledged this as a important storyline, it's one that I've always just been kind of, uh, like I don't really want to, cause it's like, it's when everything really starts, like everything's already hit the fan, but like on a scale that will affect every single character in the show, the shit starts to hit the fan this season with the high sparrow, like, uh, mm-hmm. everything in King's landing ripples out yeah. in a really, really bad way. Yeah, um, undoubtedly it's an important storyline. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's like, without a doubt, but like I, I'm just more interested in like yeah. Arya or John. 100%. Or, like, yeah, There's just more I, exciting or, things yeah. happening with more people that you like, you know, like right now in King's landing, I mean, you you're okay with Tommen because you know he's a good dude, but you don't actively like love the kid. You're not like, oh, this is one of my favorite characters in the show. Nobody's favorite character in the show is Tommen. You know, like that's just just yeah. not the case. Uh, and you've already like on the first watch or so of this, you already hate Cersei's guts by this point. Um, mm-hmm. So this is kind of that point where you might tune out of the King's Landing stuff if there's nobody there you actually care about. Um, and now where I'm at, I like Cersei a lot more than I ever have on this watch. So like, I'm, I'm much more intently watching this storyline. So I'm very excited to see it play out. But, uh, yeah, she's had the High Septon arrested and the High Sparrow's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Goddamn. All right. We'll see about it. Working fluently. Or maybe yeah. not a plan. Who knows? We'll see. Yep. I'm very. I'm gonna keep a close eye on that storyline for sure. This this rewatch. We will watch his career with great interest. Uh, but then she returns to the great uh, to the Red Keep, where uh, she has Kyburn send a message to Peter Baelish. She's mm-hmm. like, "Tell this motherfucker something. All right, I need to get in contact." Um, and as Kyburn writes behind him, the body of the mountain begins to seize violently. Uh, but Kyburn, it's okay, my child. You know he's a he's fucking Doctor Frankenstein over here creating his monster. It's hilarious. Interesting that Cersei does send a message to Littlefinger. Um, here we don't know what's said. You know, just like hey, send this message to Littlefinger, or like, you know, I don't know. It was kind of what she's saying there. Like, just get in contact with him, tell him that this happened at your brothel, or tell him, you know. I don't know. Maybe he'd been kind of skating by on the fact that they'd kind of forgotten how important he is. He's just been gone for so long that like, uh, she's like, Oh wait, she's yeah, like, what well, we need to, we need to talk to Littlefinger. that scheming, slimy little fuck needs to be kept account for, you know, like, uh, That's okay. I see. I'm oh, sure yeah, it, it, is brought up. it is brought up later in the episode. I think. Yeah. yeah about, okay. Never mind. Um, we'll get there eventually then. Yeah, but uh, that ends the story in King's Landing, and we're heading to the north. 
wherein, uh, while being served lunch by Reek, Bruce Bolton scolds Ramsey on his recent flaying of Lord Kerwin and his family on what was supposed to be a routine tax collection. And Ramsey's like, oh, well, he, I got the taxes, did I not? His son was not wanting to get flayed. Um, Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean... Yeah. He he, he did... He you got did the get, results. Yeah, but Roos, he, Roos gives it to him. He's like, hey, the North, it's it's too strong for y'all, for you to be able to rule with fear. Like, the North will rise up. We're not, this This isn't Southern houses, man. Like, mm -hmm. they will fuck us up if we continue to fuck them up. So just be careful. Um, he's like, yeah. they all hate us for what we did to the Starks. Like, yeah. We can't, we can't skate by on mm -hmm. you being like, I'm just going to flay motherfuckers. Like, yeah. that was the, that was some of the most graphic imagery we've seen thus far, yeah, huh? That was rough. Yeah, definitely. Just a reminder not to eat during the, you know, this, these episodes really, because you just, you can get just a whole skinned human, um, you know, just at any time. And they really, front no, they, center they, it. They let you, um, they let you see it. Mm hmm. And, you know, Roos is like, yeah, we, you know, we don't have the protection of, of like the Lannisters anymore, like, or Tywin anymore. Yeah, he's gone. He's like, do you really think, like, are you really dumb enough to think that the, like, the Lannister army is going to actually come up here? Like, they've never, I don't know if you said they've never done it, or like it's, mm. it took them. They've never come this far north, yeah. yeah. Like, it's just never happened. He's like, you have to be an idiot to think that. And Ramsey was kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's kind of true. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. And, but yeah, I don't know. Ramsey's always just kind of like, man, like I just knowing where it's going. It's like every time oh, I check and it, it's, I'm just well, like, he's already been super fucked, like yeah. super fucked. You know, like we've, the only person we've seen him really do it to is Reek, but then we also saw him like hunt a woman through the woods for sport. Um, so like, you know, he does demented shit, you know? Oh, so yeah. the setup that he's found someone to wed Ram to wed to Ramsey. Um it's just one of those like oh fuck yeah. man. Like the first yeah. time you watch it you go, oh no. Yeah. Like oh, of course no. it has to be Sansa too. Like it's just Has this poor girl not been through enough? I, I mean holy not. fucking yeah. shit. How yeah. how lucky of her to be betrothed to what are unanimously the two most despicable characters in the show, you know, like, uh, she has been betrothed to marry Joffrey yeah. and Ramsey. She actually does marry Ramsey. Like that's, Oh God. You know, like how the, I, at least she caught a break with Tyrion, I guess, but yeah, it's still not pleasant though you know it was still just kind of like it was after her brother and family had been killed and they were like well now you're gonna marry Tyrion," and she's like oh i really don't want that and they're like well too fucking bad you know like damn and, you know sansa might at first be like oh well, ramsey's like at least he's you know not Tyrion. you know he's my around my age like you know and then she just has a good looking him. man as well like if you don't know who he is that's a that's a that's yeah. a fine that's a fine looking has... gentleman no idea what she's in store for. No. Like, uh, she's like, at least I'm back home. You know, I'm in Winterfell. Like, I'd, if I'm going to get married anywhere, probably won't want to do it here. But, yeah, just uh, 
Yeah, you're right. They're definitely the two worst people in the show, like, just to be betrothed to. Like, Joffrey and Ramsay. I don't know if you can get much worse. I'm trying to think of, like, anyone, but... I don't think you can. I think that's, like, you got... Like, whenever people talk about who's the worst person in the show, those are the two people that everyone talks about. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as people who are main characters, there's a lot of people on the side who pop up who are arguably in the conversation. Like, but that's the thing is, even so, they would still be top five, even if you're not, like, because Craster, probably the most demented fuck we've ever seen in this show. The guy who fucks all his daughters and marries all his daughters and kills all of his sons, like, that's a that's a different that's like fantasy evil. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. r- like Ramsey and Joffrey feel like they could exist almost which makes them like even more like oh god, I fucking hate these guys. You don't even want to acknowledge that a guy like Craster could actually be alive. You know what I'm saying? Like that's nah, we're good. Yeah. He doesn't exist. Uh Yeah, they all suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, poor Sansa, man. Yeah, it's it's just sad. Sad to see. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she, he's, he's found the best way to cement the Bolton's control of the North through marriage. And mm-hmm. Sansa Stark riding alongside Peter Baelish is a bit scared to see Moat Kalen. And, uh, he says she's realizing that the only reason they're heading this way is because they're going back to Winterfell straight into the arms of the Boltons, the people who murdered her brother and family. Like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, the Lannisters who gave the call, but now you're getting to the people who actually did the deed. Yeah, Roose literally stabbed Rob in the heart. Like, it's Mm -hmm. something that actually, and I was like, oh, yeah, fuck. You know, like, I I, I always think of it as being the Lannisters' responsibility, but Roose was heavily involved in -hmm. the affair. Um, And she's like, I'm not marrying Roose. And Littlefinger's like, don't you fucking worry, you're not marrying Roose. You're marrying his son, Ramsey. Um, nobody will look for her there, and it's your best opportunity for revenge. It's where you'll be safest. Yeah. I want to, like, it absolutely blows. Littlefinger straight up couldn't have known what was going to happen. Yeah, no. Uh, like, and I, I, I don't think he is actually looking out for her you know he like is. he thinks he truly thinks this is the yeah. best thing that's that's for her at the moment mm-hmm. like the worst he thinks of it is that she's with the man who killed her brother like mm-hmm. which is already bad that's the thing he's willing to sacrifice and i don't want to pass it off like he wouldn't be willing to sacrifice at all if he knew anyway i do think he would um but it's it's nice to know that he is at least attempting to look mm-hmm. after her. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't... This isn't like, oh, I'm... I'm, you know, it's... I mean, obviously, he's gaining a lot from this. Hmm. You know, it's like, you know, putting Bruce in his back pocket, you know, pretty much. And just a whole, like, he's he's playing his games. But, like, for at sure. the same time, he's like, well, this isn't the worst worst thing for Sansa. And his, you know, yeah, he has no idea what Ramsey's like. Um but yeah, he even I, talks I just, to him about how he doesn't know what he's like, you know? Yeah. yeah Literally goes up to him and is like, I have no idea who you are, which is super fucking rare. Um, what happened there? Oh, yeah. 
That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. But I don't know. I I really liked um, Sansa in these scenes right here, and she's so I, good, I, man. I did go with her for my performance of this episode. Just mm. a range of emotions she had to show. Like, holy fuck, you're actually what? Like my my you're sending me, you're betrothing me to the people who killed killed my my brother and my mom. And it's like, oh fuck, you know, like no, I'm not doing that. I'd rather die. Um, and then she just like collects herself. You know, she's like. You know, I think like Littlefinger's like, you know, you know, start to take control, you know, like avenge your family, like, you know, start, I don't know, it living your own you life. Yeah. Or you'll be able to avenge your family. Yeah. I love it. Uh, like, I don't know. He's, oh, yeah, he's I, so good in this role. And what's so funny is he's so over the top. It's hilarious. You know, like, have you seen Aiden Gillen and other stuff? I don't. Maybe like then, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I was like, he has a small role in Dark Knight. He also has a yeah, role in The Wire, another great HBO series. Um, plays a politician in The Wire, and uh, in either of those roles, which are the only two other things I think I've seen him in, like he doesn't sound anything like this. You know, like it's just it's just such a funny fucking yeah. accent and character he's portraying, like. Just on the surface, like imitating him is just like what a goofy motherfucker, man. Uh, oh yeah. Prepare yeah. to avenge your family. Chaos <laughs> is a ladder. Yeah, it's like every Never every let line. Know what your next step is? <laughs> yeah, he's just a scheming, scheming little slimy dude, you know. Keep and he's guessing, Sansa. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's. I don't know. They're the Starks. I love the way he says the Starks, man. The Starks. He's too good. Yeah, dude, I, I love him. him. He's so good. Uh, but uh, from afar, Brienne and Podrick witness Peter and Sansa approaching Moat Kalen and realize that following them through the castle would be uh, futile. So we're gonna have to bypass Moat Kalen by going around it. And Podrick's like, I think we're probably gonna lose sight of them if we do that. And Brienne's like, Ah, we don't need to follow them so closely. We know exactly where they're going now. Mm-hmm. Um. And therein, making camp, Brienne learns how Podrick became Tyrion's squire. This is a great scene. Uh, yeah. This is what I ended up pick, picking as my favorite scene. Ooh, Just a, a, Like, kind of surprising. Like, now that I look back on it for, like, what else happens in this episode, thought it would be at the wall, you know, for sure, or, you know, I don't know. Just so many good things. But this is just, like, a little short five minutes that we get just with Brienne and Podrick. And I'm, I don't know, just a... Uh, a really nice moment between them, and I, I don't know, I love these moments in the show where you just sit down, let two characters go, and mm. I don't know, I, I, just both of these characters shine, like Podrick and Brienne, like right. Oh here. yeah, it was just a, big time. Such a nice, nice moment between them. But. Yeah, Brienne, Brienne's gonna get my character for the episode, yeah. and uh, I was close to picking Gwendolyn Christie, but there's a performance later on in the episode that I just I appreciated oh, yeah. a little too good, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Podrick is like a. Yeah, so I was gonna, I was gonna get killed. I Over was gonna be ham. put to death because yeah. the guy I was squiring for stole a ham, fell asleep with it in his hand, and it was there when he woke up. So they were like, "Let's hang this motherfucker," uh, and a squire, hang a squire too. Uh, Damn, that's just insane. That's some enforcement of the law there, you know, like. Don't steal. Like, I, I don't mm. know. Davos just got his hand, you know, his fingers chopped off, you know, for, or whatever. Or, like, I don't know. I feel like he was probably smuggling. charged for, yeah, like, a lot more than a ham. You know, this is just a fucking ham. 
Like, mm-hmm. I mean, are they talking about a whole pig? Are they talking about just like a no? Just it's like, like the a drumstick. If you yeah, could like, fall asleep no. with it in his hand, yeah. Like the cartoon hand that you think of, like Tom and Jerry, yeah, like you know, like big ass fucking drumstick yeah. type yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like, like an man. entire leg. Yeah, yeah, just all that for a ham. You know, hang, hang the guy in the square. Fuck it. Yeah, it's just damn. What a time to live in. But yeah, good old, good old pod. You know, he's just. He's a glass half full kind of guy, you he know. Is. Every everything he takes everything. He's like, I don't know. I just I love Pod. I just oh, dude, he's such a good he's such a good dude, man. He's like, yeah, you know, uh, Tywin heard that I was related to uh, that my last name was Payne, so he went ahead and sent me to be the squire for his son Tyrion. And she's like, I assume as punishment for you both because he's not a very good squire. Uh, yeah. And he's like, it didn't seem that way, you know, like, I really like Tyrion, and I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he really enjoyed me, so, like, I ended up making a friend for life in Tyrion, you know, like, that was a, that was a cute little interaction, but then, uh, Brian's like, I'm sorry, man, I, uh, mm. I've been quick with you, been quick to snap, Oh yeah, you don't deserve so that. He was like, um, yeah, we're, they're just sorry. He's like, no, like I'm, I'm proud to be your squire. And yeah. like, just that, like, I forgot what, like, what line was said, like right before, um, oh, I don't know. It was something, but like, and then he's just like, no, I'm, I'm actually like, oh yeah. You're like, you beat the hound. Like you're the best fighter I've ever seen. Like I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm so proud to be your squire. And Brian was just like. Man, I'm yeah, sorry, I dog. Might have been a little too hard on you. Yeah, you know? you're a good, you're a good little guy, man. Yeah. And uh, right for snapping at, she's like, oh, but if you wouldn't snap at me, I wouldn't learn anything. He's just, he's just like takes everything, and it's just. I don't Do know. you want to be a knight, Pod? Uh, he's like, oh, what? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'll train you. I'll show you how to use a sword and how to ride a horse. Oh. And he's like, oh. oh, oh. Let's get it. And then, uh, you know, he questions Brienne about her past with Renly. And she, he's like, uh, so what about, what about Renly? You know, you seem pretty confident, uh, that he was killed by a shadow with Stannis Baratheon's face. Uh, what, uh, story there? How do you, how do you feel like you know that? Um, and, you know, she, <laughs> she reveals that as a young girl, her father held a ball and invited dozens of young lords. In order to find a good match for her, Brienne was captivated by all the attention she was getting. Everyone was dancing with her and showing her the time of her life. But her happiness turned to embarrassment when Brienne realized they were all just toying with her. They were all laughing as whenever she turned around and making fun of her. Brienne the beauty, they called her. And it was then she knew she was the ugliest girl that ever lived. Which is just ridiculous. I get it, but Gwendolyn Christie is gorgeous. Yeah, it's like it just doesn't work. Like in the books, it's always like mentioned that like it's like it's like that moment in Barbie whenever the narrator breaks the fourth wall and is like, (laughs) "If you are trying to make this point, Margot Robbie is not the person to cast." You know, like uh, Gwendolyn Christie is fucking magnificent. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, yeah, uh, she said before she could run away. Renly took Brienne into her arms and told her that those nasty little shits aren't worth crying over and danced with her. And, uh, Pod's like, but like, wasn't he like, wasn't he gay? He's like, like, you couldn't say it though. He's like, you know, like, uh, Tyrion told me that he only, and he's like, 
yes, Pod, he liked men, you know, but he was <laughs> a nice guy and danced with me. Is that hard to believe? You know, it's like, yeah, uh, was was so good. But um, yeah, she says know, like oh, she couldn't. I I was just reading this in like some of the trivia. She Jamie apparently asked um, Brienne if Renly was gay before, and then she like couldn't admit to it. She was like, no, like she wouldn't admit to it before, mm-hmm. but now. Just with Pod, you know, just just them two. She was like, "Yeah, like ah, like come on, okay, uh, yeah, um, or whatever." I think might might just be like a little denial, you know. For I think there's a combination of symptoms going on there, you know, yeah. a little bit of denial. It's a little fresher when she's with Jamie because I'm pretty sure she goes straight from Renly's camp to serving Catelyn to taking Jamie. Yeah, you know, and then she went on that entire journey with Jamie. She dropped him off at King's Landing. She left to go find the Starks. Uh, so like, it's been a long time removed. So like, I think time just gives her, gives her the benefit of, mm-hmm. you know, hindsight. Um, but there's also the fact, I think, where I think she's more comfortable, not embarrassing herself, but she feels like if it, if she told Jamie that, it would have turned into a thing where he made yeah. fun of her because that's, that's what he did. Yeah. Uh, Just meanwhile, Podrick basically worships the ground she walks on, so she can say that, and he's going to be like, "Yeah, yeah." He's just a nicer guy than Jamie is. So, like, uh, that's true. Yeah, you know, it's just a combination of things there that I think benefit benefit her talking to Podrick about this, mm-hmm. which actually makes him one of the better people to talk about anything with. I would say yeah. he's a, he's just a good just a good dude. Yeah, lays down good pipe too. You know, I mean, yep. you got you got all package. Uh, dude, right dude can fuck. Dude can fucking is a good listener. Is there anything yeah. you want more? About uh, to get you know taught the ways of the sword too from Brienne. Like, dude, oh, he already had a he already knows sword. how to he already knows the ways of the sword. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to learn both ways, both ways of the sword. Um, yeah, no, he's he's on a rise right now, yeah. Podrick. Um, Sir Podrick Payne, what a guy. But, um, yeah, so she says that there's nothing more hateful than failing to protect the ones you love. And she's like, so I'm going to kill Stannis um, because definitely killed Renly via a shadow with his face. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I love that Podrick's not prying too much on that. He's just always like, okay, I trust you. You know, like you seem... You seem pretty confident in that, so I'm going to go ahead and believe you because I don't see a reason why that would be the one thing you've kind of lost your mind over. You know, like, uh, she seems pretty well put together. Otherwise, for that to be, like, the only thing she's lost her mind about would be kind of ridiculous, you know? Yeah, I mean, she can't, like, she could barely explain it herself. You know, she's like, I just, I know it's, I know it to be true, but, like, yeah, I mean. It's yeah, just that's that's what happened, and that is what happened. Like it I, is. I went, exactly what happened. I went back and watched the, or maybe it was in like the recap, uh, like before the episode started, um, of like actually the shadow killing Renly, and I looked in the mirror, and like it it did kind of actually look like Stannis, like he did kind mm. of have the silhouette, and I'm like, oh, I, I never really noticed that before. I thought like she like portrayed that you know onto it, but like no, it it kind of look kind of did look like Stannis. I'm a little bit so. I mean, it is what happened, you know. She's not lying. No, it's exactly what happened. But no, oh, yeah. So, uh, but after that, we're heading to Winterfell. A little bit of a time jump. I'm assuming. I assume the march from 
Winterfell to Moat Kalen isn't exactly a quick little jaunt, just another couple hours up the road or anything. Uh, yeah, feels like a pretty substantial march. Um, Let's see, on the yeah, that's that's pretty far. Um, on the map, that's that's a lot of distance there. Um, I don't know how to. No idea Measure. how to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it it does it does look like quite the trek. Yeah, I mean the 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 north itself it's been said to us is bigger than all the other kingdoms combined. So like traversing the north is not easy by any Almost means. Almost half of the north from Mokalen to Winterfell. God so. damn. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about a couple months worth of a time jump yeah. here in the northern in the north storyline. Uh <laughs> Yeah, didn't really think about that. You know, maybe, maybe they just were like, ah. No, Ellen, it's not it's not important, you yeah. know, like uh because they don't treat it like a time jump. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing they did with Tommen's age. At one point, Tommen was like four years younger than Joffrey, and now he's treated as like a year or two younger than him. So, like, it's just kind of like a, oh, this benefits the story in the moment. Let's go ahead and do this. Which is why I think a lot of, like, there's a big complaint in later seasons, like in season seven, whenever they go marching north of the wall. Mm. There's Maybe a big complaint like about, yeah. how quickly Gendry gets back to the wall and Daenerys comes and helps. Mm-hmm. Bro, they've been playing with time the entire fucking show, man. Like, it's, just, it's, it's, not, it's not anything new. And yes, obviously, it's a pretty massive moment. But like, the entire show is riddled with examples where they're like, let's just go ahead and speed this along to make it a little easier yeah, for us. Yeah, because what, you want to see them literally just traveling from A to B? Like, you, like... Nothing is going on in between. I would literally, like, especially in that episode, what a strange fucking, like, critique. It's not even a critique, that's a nitpick. You know, like, it's it's an action-packed, suspenseful episode that was already, like, an hour and 25 minutes long. Like... Let's just let's let's have a let's have half the episode just be them actually traveling from A to B. Which it already basically is. Like, they spend so much time walking up there. And I think that might be why they're like, oh, how they, you know, but like, regardless, they show time passing. I don't know. It just kind of pisses me off. We'll get there eventually. Um, but, uh, yeah, at Winterfell itself, the Boltons and their households greet Sansa and Littlefinger. And after a tense moment where I love the Game of Thrones, like, false beef, like, whenever they like step to each other. And they're like, oh, I fucking hate your guts. And mm-hmm. then they're just like, hi. You know, like, yeah. they're just, so, they're, they're, they're like, it's nice to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, this happens a lot. And it was just a really good example of it here with uh, Sophie Turner's performance. Once again, very, mm-hmm. very good. Um, yeah, she puts on an air of polite li- politeness that protected her in King's Landing. And uh, from afar, Ramsay's bed warmer and secret lover, Miranda, observes with jealousy and anger. And Sansa is later shown to her old room, seemingly foreign to her after all this time. And to her surprise, the servant attending her welcomes her back and assures her that the North remembers. That was pretty cool. Oh, good moment, man. Really good moment. First time it's ever mentioned in the show. Another little bit of trivia that was that was in there. Um, I believe it. You know, like there's there's been no opportunity for it prior, you know. Uh, Like I would have. Yeah, maybe like. Yeah, I guess, yeah, not really, at all. Because this is how long it's been since a Stark has been in the North. 
Damn. You know, like it, it's it's oh been God. since That's season true. two that a Stark was in the North. Um Yeah. Yeah. The North remembers, you know, the people the people never gave up on the people they considered their you know, their lieges. And mm. uh later on Sansa explores the castle and Reek is doing everything he can to make sure that Sansa does not see his face. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. But is also having a tough time not being like, help me. You know, like he, he wants, he, he's, he's having just the constant, the constant dissonance in Reek. That's Reek and, uh, sort of warns Sansa, even, you know, maybe be like, hey, like this guy is not good. Like, yeah, yeah. like, I, like it, there's a whole lot of things going on there with, yeah. with Reek. Yeah. Poor, poor little Theon. Yeah. I'll poor, poor guy. You know, he's always, just the performance he has to put on every time, but um. Oh, he's so good at playing the squirrely, lost his mind guy. It's bizarre. Uh, but elsewhere in the castle, Peter Baelish subtly warns Ramsay against inflicting any harm on Sansa, uh, and discusses the situation with Roos, who is suspicious of Littlefinger's motives in betraying the Lannisters. And Peter's like, the Lannisters are not powerful anymore. Tywin is dead. Jamie has one hand and no political usefulness. And Cersei is about to be forced into the background by Marjorie because she is now Queen Mother, a title that loses its meaning every day. Uh, and Marjorie loves Sansa. So we're all good. And mm-hmm. uh, nevertheless, Roos is like, all right, got a message from Cersei from the capital. Just wanted to, you know, check where you were at with that. I noticed. The seal is broken on this message. He's like, yeah. And no, Roos goes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm not, you know, you scheming motherfucker. You talking with yeah. Cersei. You and I'm not little fuck. fuck. Yeah, like, uh, I'm going to look into this. Uh, He's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, write, I'll write her back. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'm going to read that too. You know, I'm like, I'll make sure you you pass it on to me before you send it off. Like, And Littlefinger's like, ah, all right, whatever. Uh-huh. All right. I guess he is the warden of the north right mm-hmm. now. You know, um, feels weird. You know, seeing him in like the big hell, yeah, like, like trying yeah. to play the part, and it's just like mm-hmm. ah, it's just weird seeing that. But no, I guess it is. Don't, I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it. Well, that's one thing that I think you could. Uh, I think it's just a small example of the sort of dishonor that he kind of takes part part in. Uh, I, I don't know that Ned Stark would have ever done something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a small example of the -hmm. difference between Roos and Ned as Warden of the North, but Roos is going to read your mail and Ned's going to be like, hey man, welcome. This is our home. I'm going to protect it if you do anything, but like you're here, so you're our guest. Like, it's just a a bizarre little dichotomy between them. But uh, that ends that story there and we're heading to the wall. We're at... King Stannis Baratheon tries unsuccessfully to convince the new Lord Commander, Jon Snow, to accept his offer of legitimization. Uh, I love that Stannis was like, oh, I know that you just got the biggest promotion of your career up here, um, but any chance you want to dip and uh, be Jon Stark and be the Warden of the North and everything? And Jon's like, I really can't. Um, 
especially now. I already said no because my place was at the Night's Watch, but now I'm the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, which makes me even more loyal to this place. So sorry, Stannis. Um, I appreciate it, you though. Feel like how unkingly Stannis just feels. Like mm. I don't know. Like he just demands I, I, no respect. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like. And the dude, I don't know, he, he he doesn't have quite a large army right now and, like, a big, big backing. But, like, just everything he does is just kind of like, man, all right, you're just a little forgettable. He just seems like, like a nuisance, you know? Like, yeah. he's just he's just being a little problematic for people in the kingdoms, and that's yeah. literally all he's doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, even, like, you know, even, you know, thanks for offering me, like, the thing I've wanted most of my life. But, like, when are you going to, like, leave and get out yeah. of here? You know, like, we can't really feed all y'all. Like, it, and I don't really want you here anyways, either. Like, He's like, yeah, you know, and as Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, um, a system that removes itself from politics entirely, um, when are you leaving, man? When, when are you getting the fuck out of here? And he's like, oh, have we been, have we been such an impediment to you? And he's like, actually, yeah, uh, yeah. I appreciate, I like having you here and all, but like, Winter is coming, and we can't afford to feed your entire fucking army and everything, and our men, uh, it's, and the wildling prisoners indefinitely. And Stannis is like, fine, you fuck, yeah, we're leaving soon, but All shit. Right, yeah. Fair enough, uh, whatever. I'll leave in two weeks. If you put yeah. in like two weeks notice, you know, he's like, alright, I'm in a fortnight, whatever. It's like, that's still kind of a, it's two weeks of, of food there still, you know, it's, and a whole army's worth. That's still mm-hmm. a lot, but. It's a lot know. of food. It's a lot of food, but uh, he's like, and you know what? You can keep the wildling prisoners. Uh, you know, you you should talk to that Tormund and see if he's willing to negotiate more than the Mance was. And uh, he's like, John's like, you don't know Tormund, man. I love the guy. You don't know Tormund. Uh, but uh, Stannis is also like, uh, and Alistair Thorne, you know, dangerous. Uh, Maybe maybe you go ahead and appoint him to East Watch by the Sea, and uh, John's like, I've heard it's better to have your enemies close than far away, and and Stannis says a line that I I almost picked for my line. Where he's like, yeah. the man who said that didn't have many enemies, uh, which is like, yeah, logically that has always not made sense to me. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck do you mean keep my enemies close uh, if I, I can like- send them? Maybe it's more of a metaphorical close, you know, like ne- maybe not like literally like, you know, like physically close, but just like in your mm. mind, like uh, like your friends, you got nothing to worry about. It's all good. But like your enemies, like if you're in that seat of power, like you just got to remember who they are, what they want, what their goals mm. are sort of thing. And like, but yeah, like as a kid, I'm always like, that just makes no fucking Yeah, sense. like you want to keep your eye on them in case they're conspiring against you, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. But like. I don't know. When it comes to the Night's Watch, sending him to East Watch by the Sea would not hurt. Uh, That's true. In fact, he does the opposite and makes him the first ranger, yeah. uh, which yeah. uh, it was an attempt at an olive branch, and we'll get there. But, yeah, uh, that's when Stannis decides to turn away and leave after dropping that bar. And uh, as Davos prepares to head out with him, he invites John to ponder on the second-to-last stanza on the Night's Watch oath. He's like, Ollie, say the... You probably memorized the fucking oath by now. And uh, he starts, and he's like, no, not that part. The, towards the end. To the end. Uh, Go forward. He goes, I'm the shield that guards the realms of men. The wa- That's enough. Shut the fuck up. Shut uh, up. 
Idiot. <laughs> the shield word gods the realms of men. Uh, and he's like, it doesn't seem like you're doing anybody any good sitting up here. Like, again, ultimate st- salesman, Davos mm. Seaworth. Fucking love this guy. Uh, and it doesn't seem like you're doing anybody any good protecting the realms of men here on the edge of the world. And uh, he what assures John. Know? Yeah. He's like, Stannis, he sees something in you. You know? He might not seem like it. That's just kind of the way he is. But he uh, he really does. Uh, he's taking a liking to you. So. Just keep that in mind if you want to, you know, take back your home. Uh, and that's kind of the end of that. But later on at the mess hall, John asks Sam about Maester Raymond. He's like, uh, he's gathered everybody in the great hall. And he's like, where's Maester Raymond? And he's like, Sam's like, uh, he's not, he's not doing good. He's, he's on his way out, John. Hate to say yeah. it, but this is, uh, this is it. Uh, and John just like the way he like looks at him, he goes, take care of him. You know, yeah. like, uh, yeah. he's like, ah, oh, like, damn, man. God. What, is he to, what is he to John again? Like, uh, oh yeah. Uh, he would uncle? be an uncle, like a great uncle or something yeah, like that. Maybe? A, a, definitely a great uncle, way too old to just be his uncle. But uh, yeah. yeah, because I believe his brother, Maester Eamon's brother was Aegon, mm-hmm. who I believe was the Mad King's dad. Yeah. That sounds right. Because it should have passed on to um, Eamon, but he was like, Mm -hmm. no, turn it down. So I guess he's either an older brother to the Mad King, or... I I think he's the older brother to the Mad King's dad. That's, That's what I think. Um... Okay. I think yeah, he yeah. would be. I think he'd be Daenerys's. Daenerys's great uncle, and Jon's great great uncle. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, this man's ancient. This dude's super yeah. old. He's old. He's getting there. That is for sure. Yeah, and the Targaryen family tree is just quite the, the freaking jumbled mess here. But. um yeah, he's, let's see, he is, he's on the same line as, um, Darren, and... yeah, Aegon the Fifth, um, he's on the same line as Aegon the Fifth, I guess, and then, where's, like, the Aegon, I'm trying to, wonder, it's, no way, I guess it was 300 years ago. Yeah. So like, okay. So yeah, it would be. So it would just be a couple Aegons removed. Yeah. Okay, that does make sense. Um, but then what was the the Mad King? Let's. Mad King was Eris. He is. Ah, yeah. He's like I think two generations above the Mad King. It looks like. Wow. Um, Yeah. If Eris, yeah, Eris the second would be. I guess that like makes sense when you're talking about royal families, uh, and this time period's uh, consummation practices. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. you're getting married and having sex at 16. That's true. Yeah, so uh, your grandpa could be 31 in theory. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like when yeah. you're born, your grandpa could be 30 years old. So, like, uh, yeah. Wow, yeah, just uh, that family tree is something. 
Um, yeah, Aegon the Fifth. He was the brother of Aegon the Fifth, and then oh no, just one. Never mind. It looks just one generation before the Mad King. Okay, um, so yeah, he's the Mad King's uncle. Daenerys' yeah. great uncle, and Jon's great great uncle. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what a. Yeah. <laughs> John and Daenerys is like really, yeah. It's all of it's just like. Well, it's even uh, crazier to think that John has the same relationship connection to this person, just a couple times removed, as the Mad King, and as Daenerys. You know, like that was the Mad King's uncle. It is also John's uncle, which is kind of a. Uh, yeah, it's kind of bizarre wow. to think about. You know, uh, what a line. Yeah. Ah, you know, yeah. just throw a few incest, you know, things in there every incest now and then. And then you have one, yeah. random but, secret uh, marriage. Oh, yeah, there's all, all that I going love, on there. I love that shit, though, man. I love that shit. Uh, but John begins assigning roles to members of the Watch. It's his time. He's ascended. He is the Lord Commander. And uh, he says, we're going to start with the most important shit on our docket. The digging of a new latrine pit, and everyone's like, ha, ha 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 And he just like eyes Alistair Thorne. He's like, and I feel like we need to put a very important man in charge of this task. Uh, he did so good like, up there. And then he's like, Jacob. I don't know what his name was. Jacob yeah, seems like a good ginger. job for a ginger. Yeah, yeah like everyone like ah, just laugh. Like I, well, I really thought. Like, that's I went. I went Kit Harrington for the performance, uh, mostly for something that happens later. But even appreciating a moment like this. John doesn't oh, yeah. get to do this like ever, mm. you know, like he's being playful. What, can you point to another time in this entire fucking show so far where he's made a joke like this? Yeah, that's true. No, not really at all. Yeah. Like maybe season Bro. one, you know, yeah. when they're talking about girls and like, or whatever, you yeah. know, like it's some throwaway, whatever. But yeah, this is, it's nice. nice to see him in the office, you know, whenever Stannis and Davos come up, talk to him. And nice to see him just at the top of the table. You God, know, everyone looks like feels right seeing him in a position of power. It's great to mm -hmm. see him there, but, you know, seems like a good job for a ginger. And everyone laughs and is like, ha ha, yes, my man. And uh, he's like, uh, Sir Alistair Thorne, uh, you know, you've you've got more experience than anybody here at the wall. You did a great job commanding the wall in lieu of a Lord Commander. Um, I'm appointing you First Ranger. It's kind of like a... He's trying to be like, it's time, let's, let's you know? Beef. No, yeah, yeah, let's squash this shit. I respect you. Respect me too, okay? Like, uh, this is this is how it's going to go. And he buys, it, he buys him for a little bit, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's not until... He decides to take the wildling south of the wall and everything. That stuff really, that the Night's Watch starts to turn on him. Like right now, with this, it was kind of like, a, oh, okay, yeah, we fuck with you. Like this is dope. Yeah, uh, still, I mean, almost two seasons away that John, like they kill him, right? That's the season six finale. That's so, this I mean, season's like, finale. Wait, why he dies this season? Yeah, oh yeah, he's resurrected. Season five. That's right. Oh shit! So it is only about a season. No, yeah, so. like it, it buys him a a short Eesh. short time. Man, that, of, man he, okay. oh my god, it is this season. Holy fuck! I was. Yeah, we're getting I, it, to the. We're getting. I had, I'm like, shit. I'm and I had a season to go, but yeah, no, he's definitely not resurrected. Season seven. Yeah, no, no yeah. that's that's just not true. Oh man, holy shit! 
Um, yeah, he's resurrected in season six, and by the end of se- like, so he's just become Lord Commander, beginning of season five. He is murdered by the Night's Watch at the end of season five. He is revived at the beginning of season six. He is declared king in the north by the end of season six. Like the the leaps this man takes the next two seasons is fucking amazing. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. Uh but we're we're in the thick of it now. Like this is the ascension. We're in the we're in the fucking he is shooting to the stratosphere right now. Uh but uh yeah, finally, Lord Commander Snow calls on Jano Slint. Uh notably the gentleman, not so gentle, uh the gentleman who turned on Ned Stark whenever Ned hired the City Watch to mm-hmm. uh take down, you know, uh the Lannisters, basically. He was like, he paid them off, even though somebody had already paid them. And Janos put the put the spears through a bunch of Northmen and everything. Peter put the th- the dagger to Ned's throat. So Janos was important in that. You know, nice to nice to keep that in mind for what's about to happen. Um, you know, he he decides to give him Greyguard, a castle that is abandoned and needs to be restored and manned and janos is like uh but sir Greyguard is a ruin and he's like i know and that's why we need someone out there to go ahead and rebuild it up and he's like nah fuck you i'm not gonna do that and he goes oh you won't he says no i won't you dumb little bastard uh and he's like so you're right. refusing an order do i understand that do i understand i'm just i'm just checking janos do i understand here. correctly yeah. that you are refusing an order in this moment like you're doing me a huge favor if so uh are you refusing an order uh and he goes you know what yeah shove it up your bastard ass it's like um <laughs> all right hey ollie grab my fucking sword he's like yeah, yeah. he's like ollie grab my sword take this man outside uh, and Janice just kind of looks around. He's like, uh, and he looks to Alistair. He's like, come on, help, man. And Alistair just kind of like smiles at him. He's like, hey, man, shit. You. Yeah, he stands there for a little bit, but then he's like, ah, yeah, well, he fucked up. Can't say yeah, that. Like, it, it ain't shit I can do for you now, man. You really fucked that up. Uh, and it's like from that time when John's, when John says, take him outside, Ollie, fetch my sword. That's when my favorite scene begins. Uh, just. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. This this could have been the end of the episode, honestly. Oh like, yeah, I'm astonished oh it wasn't. Uh, yeah, and uh, this is where Kit Harrington really earns the performance for me. Um, yeah. yeah, it's Dolores, Ed, and a few others who grab Janos, and who's angrily protesting. He has important friends at the court. This won't this won't stand. Yeah. This is just a scare tactic. You're a pussy. You will yeah, never you do it. Scare me. Yeah, it's like they slap the log. Right, you like yeah. the, like the executioner's block and he's like mm-hmm. oh fuck this is getting real yep. he's like oh shit oh shit dragged yeah, out there and again commending the laws of his father the man who passes the sentence shall swing shall swing the sword um he put they, they bend him over the bend him over the piece of wood and he goes you've committed treason he doesn't even say that he just goes lord janice uh do you have any, any last, last words, words? Yeah. you'll say him now He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm so afraid. I've always been afraid. Oh, I didn't mean it. I'll, I'll go. Like the clarity of imminent death, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'll and... go to that ruin. I don't care anymore. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't mean. You didn't hear what I said earlier, right? Like, yeah, I didn't actually say that. 
Uh, uh, this man once ripped a baby from a mother's arms and killed that baby. Oh, that was him. Yeah. This is a huge fucking W. There's oh, nothing yeah. bad about this. Everything happening right now fucking rocks. You know, like there's there's nothing there's nothing uh, there's no downside here. You know, like every, it's it's John proving that he is worthy of this position. It's proving that he stands by his word and he's not to be fucked with. And we're losing Jano Slant, who fucking sucked. So like, uh, yeah, this really was a win-win for John. It's either like, well, we can rebuild this ruin, you know, if he does actually decide to say yes. But then if not, I get to kill him. So it's like, yeah, either way, this this is great. I know I don't have to see him ever again. Um, after today, he's like, I'll do, uh, I'll do whatever you ask. I'm afraid. Yeah. I've always John's my been afraid for this episode, though. Oh, I mean, yeah. I was like, I want, I needed to give him something. At least I love something the. For Oh man, this kind of paralleled Rob's in a uh, in a different like Rob's was more of like a oh man shit's falling apart, whereas this is like oh he's finding his fucking place, you know. Like whenever Rob beheads the Carstark yeah. gentleman, uh, mm-hmm. and just the energy that mm-hmm. Richard Madden and Kit Harrington kind of have in that moment where they just kind of like stand there for a moment, and then like after it's done, they're like. <laughs> Like they are really? like they have to fire yeah. themselves up or else they're not going to be able to do it kind of. Uh, yeah, that's and the, like the moment's hesitation, you know, they still they don't want to do it. Like it's mm-hmm. like they both are like, ah, oh, this I'd rather not be doing this, but I have like I, I'm just in this position like I this is my first day, you know, mm-hmm. or I don't know. Maybe it's not the first yeah, day, but, but seemingly, you know, first yeah. act as Lord Commander. And he's like, if I if I let someone walk all over me like this. You know, it's it's not not going to be good for his his reign. And he's like, yeah, no, I, I got to do it. And just like, I wonder how hard you really have to swing. You know, I mean, it's like because we see Theon, you know, you see Theon try and uh, just does not have the strength for it. Apparently, no, um, but, uh, I think it's also like a location thing. Like you got to yeah. hit like a good spot. Like you can't like. Yeah. You hit too high and you're going skull. skull. Like, yeah. Too low. You got like collarbone, like shoulder. Yeah. yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's true. You got to be accurate and swift. But yeah, you, yeah. I don't know. And I, I think, was, like, I think the, the, like, when it came to like Ned's sword, it's impressive that he could even swing that motherfucker above his head. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that thing yeah, once, I mean, this has got enough momentum behind it. It's I don't just, think it matters where you hit with, with ice. That, that uh, could slice through a skull clean. Yeah. Like, good it absolutely could. Um, but, but yeah, yes. long claw. This is a little bit of a different story. It's a it's a big sword, but it's a takes some takes some skill to wield it. And uh, he does behead Janos in one swift movement. Uh, and from across the courtyard, Stannis Baratheon sees John behead Janos for refusing his orders. Mm. He's like, "Okay, John, you know what? Yeah. I can respect that. I can leave you in peace." Uh, but uh well another another notable thing is that like I said, Janos executed Robert Baratheon's children. So yeah. Stannis's nephews and nieces. Mm. Okay. He's like Yeah, he's like Did Stannis know that? I don't think so, but it's just like a nice little like another oh, yeah. thing to kind another of cherry make on top even better. It's just like yeah. yeah, this man's just been a nuisance to everyone while being basically nothing which is kind of it's like it's remarkable whenever a character can be as big a problem without having any importance whatsoever like jano slint mm-hmm. um 
So, yeah. Glad to see him go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so hey. that's my, I think that's all my favorites now. I think I've said line, character, that, and Kit got my favorite performance, and that scene was my favorite. Like, Kit Harrington was so fucking good in that moment. And uh, Got everything other than the line from me, so mm. that's the only thing I'm, I'm waiting on. But And we still got two here. locations remaining. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to head to Bravos first, where Arya Stark has been put to work cleaning the main sanctuary of the house in black and white. You know, we got a classic Karate Kid sort of thing going on. Oh, yeah. Wax on, wax off. Uh, and she's like, yo, I can do more than this, okay? I want to learn, but all I've done is clean for weeks. And he's like, yeah, you got to do that, man. It's just part of it. You got to pay your dues, dude. It's just the way things work here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's a... It, Jockin was like assisting someone and drinking from the temple's well, yeah. which usually kills people. Like I'm pretty sure that's the dude we see whose body is like mm-hmm. on the slat later. Yeah. So like, so like I don't know, because it is in like the inside of there. They have like all like the gods kind of in there. You know, mm-hmm. but they worship just one, like the god of death. Like that's just their worship. But like they have I guess like to make people comfortable whenever they're going, <laughs> you know? Like because you go in there, you're not coming out. Like I guess this is like like a just an assisted suicide sort of thing, you know, because like yeah, it's it is confusing because like I think it's almost like a they often frame it as like a a trade, you know, if this person's supposed to die and or not supposed to die or vice versa, they're like, well, we gotta we gotta take a name, you know, so we. we you're going to have to die if you want to protect this person. Like, if there's someone who's, like, sick Uh, and dying, I think they have the power to, like, swap that sort of thing. They're like, oh, yeah, if you want to you want to risk your life for this person, sure, we can go ahead and make that happen. You can die. They'll be fine. Um, Yeah, because in the wiki, he's called a despondent man. Um, The despondent man. But he says, is a man who wants to die and seeks a soothing end to his despair at the House of Black and White. Well, there you go. That's it for the – that's it. That's all they give him. Yeah, maybe it is an assisted suicide sort of so, thing. Maybe that's all there is to it. But I feel like there there do come people who are like, help me save this person. And they're like, oh, yeah. if you want to make sure that person's name never gets taken, we're going to have to take yours. You know, like uh, – Yeah, I, can, I see that. Yeah, because, I mean, there was like three people in there. Like, uh, yeah, like yeah just, people are people are coming to the house of black and white, man. They're like, yo, hook me up. Kill me, motherfucker. Uh, another face for them. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, all right, well, it's another another name or another, you know, name for death. And then we get another face to wear. So, yep. Another right. day, another dollar. But uh, but then later on, uh, Aria is accosted in her room by Vel Sartha. Uh <laughs> The Waif, portrayed by Faye Marseille. Yeah. Uh, most recently seen in Andor, and she was w- much more likable in Andor. Leagues. I will say. Yeah, just a different league completely. <laughs> this is not very likable here. Um, no. I got, um, you know, it's a stepping stone to get to where Arya needs to be, but absolutely. maybe not. Uh, but there's <laughs> a, it's a different thing, you know, like she's putting aside the needs of the house of black and white and of their religion because she's jealous of how quickly Arya has come into the favor of Jockin. You know, like she's like, well, 
you know, uh, you did not earn this. There's no reason for you to be here. So why the fuck are you here? Sort of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. Anywho, uh, she's repeatedly asking who she is. Who are you, Aria? Who are you? And she, she goes, no one. Uh, and she smacks the shit out of her for that response. Mm -hmm. And Aria's like, oh, cunt. Um, a little, mm-hmm. little bit of uh, the hound coming through in her, you know? I think that was the first time we've heard Arya say cunt, by the way. Probably, which is just yeah. Wonderful. Seems like, oh, yeah. Oh, like, cunt. Like I just loved like, the the delivery was astounding. I, I almost picked that for my line as well, because it, it the, really stuck out to me the first watch. Another one, even right after, like, she keeps hitting her and is like, who are you? She's like, you're about to find out. You know, she's yeah. like, like you fuck around, like you're, are you already are fucking around? Like you're, you're, you're about die, to find bro. out, you know? Like I'm, I'm about to just kill you right here. I'll kill um, you, motherfucker. But yeah, uh, Jockin eventually arrives and is like, "Yo, what's going on here?" And the waif is, you know, she stepped out of her box of authority. Uh, he's like, she's not ready for that shit, and you know, she's not ready for the game of faces. And he does, however, point out that Arya cannot be no one. As she is wearing Arya Stark's clothes, how did how did no one come into the possession of so many of Arya Stark's things? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, you know, she was about to attack the Waif using Arya Stark's sword. And realizing his point, Arya's like, "Ah, fuck, fine." She goes to toss everything into the lagoon, along with uh, the quote-unquote stolen silver. I love that nobody believes that she, like, was given this. It's it's yeah. it's stolen silver. She's um, just Arya Stark, you know, way, yeah. a daughter of, like, one of the biggest houses in Westeros. She just couldn't have silver. It has to be stolen. It has um, to be stolen. But, but uh, I guess yeah, Jackie she did, knew she was a prisoner, actually. You know, right. like, she, she did have nothing at all, and then happened, I guess, come by some silver. Maybe, maybe that's maybe why. But man, Maisie Williams here, like, uh, just the short little. Oh, she's getting good, man. Like, yeah, just like throwing her, her clothes away. Just slowly, like, you know, the clothes was, was kind of easy to get rid of. She's like, all right, throw it in. And then the coin, a little bit harder to get rid of. And then needle, you know, she's like, oh, like, nah, like, there's, there's no way I'm throwing needle away. And then it cuts that. back to her face. And then she's just like, in tears and i'm like oh yeah. god damn i'm like man like yeah this i don't know i i, I just love aria's storyline so mysterious and... so just the training i don't know i just i love that trope too like just get like just i don't know being trained to become a weapon you know and, and all that but uh i just i don't know i love the the journey she's going through right now um mm. Yeah, no, and she can't she can't bring herself to discard needle, so she goes ahead and hides it in a uh, seawall nearby, which we'll come back around whenever the waif wants to fuck around and find out again. Uh, but uh, that, does she actually kill her? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember how. I think I, I now it's, oh, it's coming back. Does, but yeah. Um, oh, it's a good. That's a good one. Uh, okay, that'll be satisfying. Um, whenever we get yeah, back that's a, that. that's a fun one to watch. So I'm I'm excited for you to get a chance to see that again. But uh, back at the house, Jockin allows Arya to progress to an inner chamber where she is to assist the waif in stripping and washing corpses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Grandal. waif is silent. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is not a uh, not the best job in the world, but it's a step in the right direction if you're in this profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the wife is uh the wife is silent when Arya asks what happens to the bodies after they are cleaned. The wife's just like you'll you don't know you you know no you'll see. Uh but uh yeah. yeah, that concludes the story in Bravos. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, I like that it, it, hers is just kind of sprinkled in there for the next yeah. season or so. It's just kind of like, here's a little bit more. Here's a little bit more. It makes uh, you wonder. Yeah, it's just like, it just, you have to feel, I don't know. It's just like, oh man, we haven't checked in with Arya. You know, it's just like, what, what's happening next? It's always like, what, you know, like you're, you kind of have the idea of like, yeah, they put on these faces and like people are coming in to die. And it's like, well, how the fuck, like, how do you get trained? What's the training like? You know, there's just so many unanswered questions that it's like, I don't know. I'm always just intrigued by it every time I'm on. I'm like, yes, finally. Okay. Like, maybe some more answers are coming. Um, but yeah. And then, I don't know, just Arya as well. Like, just knowing mm-hmm. where she goes. Like, on rewatch, like, as well. It's just like, oh, it's so cool. Like, seeing her, like, this is her start to, to really getting somewhere. And eventually, I mean, taking down the biggest, biggest villain in the entire show. Um, yep. So I don't know. I I love Arya's Arya's storyline, and and every time we check in, it's it's a delight oh, for it's, me. It's nice, but, man. It is. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're then heading to Volantis to mm-hmm. top off the episode, where Tyrion Lannister and Varys finally arrive, and thick of the carriage they've been riding in, Tyrion again dismisses the dangers and insists yeah. that they leave to explore. And, uh, like, I think I will be no good to Daenerys yeah. Targaryen if. If, if I, I lose, lose my mind head. by the time yeah. we get there, I can't remember I, the last face I've seen that wasn't yours. And Ferris going, "It's a good face, not, not a bad face, yeah, like we yeah. Just, great face." Yeah. <laughs> like, I just love Tyrion. Like I've got to get out of this carriage. Yeah, I've got, got to get, to out, get of out of this carriage. carriage. Like yeah. over and over. Like he's just slowly going crazy. I mean, they have been on the road for a while. You know, I Long mean, they're, time. they're traveling quite the distance. I mean, like the entire bit of season five so far. The only time we've seen him not in a carriage was in the first episode where he was. He got taken out of a box. Yeah. yeah. In a box on a boat, just traveling across the narrow sea and then gets taken out and then just shoved back in a, a bigger, nicer, way nicer box. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, the, we talked about the distance from like Moat Kalen to Winterfell, but goddamn, I'm, I'm imagining the distance from wherever in Pentos. Is that where they landed? Maybe yeah, Pentos. Or, yeah, Pentos to Valant. Yeah, that's that's like fucking five times the distance from Moat Kalen to Winterfell. Wow. Uh, that, I mean that. Yeah. What? Essos is huge. Like it's just massive. Um, if I do the good old little finger technique, yeah, it's yeah, maybe like three times. Um, Man, three to four times uh, the distance. So yeah, they've crazy. been traveling for some time. Um. Yeah, but uh, they go ahead and get on out. He's like, so I'll just be another fucking drunk dwarf somewhere in the world. It's not that big a deal. Let's get on out of here. But uh, the pair move through the Long Bridge, mark the Long Bridge's markets, and Varys explains the meaning of the various tattoos Volantine slaves mm-hmm. must sport. And Varys nearly loses Tyrion, but finds him observing the sermon of a red priestess who is, uh, you know, praising the word of the Dragon Queen. Daenerys Targaryen. That's uh, that's the Red Priestess. They're they're back and you know, like Melisandre. I like that. Like Red Priestesses just kind of go everywhere and are like, this guy could be a king. Let's do this. Let's do yeah. this shit. You know. Okay. Uh, yeah. The night is dark and full of terrors. You know. They they just. I don't know. They the they know how to get uh, the, the night is yeah. dark and full of terrors. But this person's kind of dope. You know. Like that's that's kind of their whole thing. Um. 
And uh, Tyrion's like, well, the only red priest we had in King's Landing was Thoros Amir, and this one is much more attractive. Uh, and the, the red priestess, again, evangelizes in High Valyrian, uh, telling the tale of how she was once a slave herself. Uh, she preaches of a prophesied savior, a dragon queen. And Tyrion's interest in the scene wanes when the priestess halts in her sermon and stares directly into his eyes. Mm -hmm. Just a nice little, I love a red priestess staring into someone's eyes like, oh, there is importance in you. I see it. Uh, like earlier, or shit, I think it was earlier this season when Melisandre was looking at Jon through the flames. Mm -hmm. yeah, like, I think, uh, I think that was the season five premiere, or if not yeah. the season four finale, I think the season five premiere, though. Um, One of the two. That's for sure. But yeah, just the mysterious stare through the flames, you know, mm -hmm. and, and super cool. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, and again, like they do a lot. I don't like they don't do a lot to allude to it. They do enough to make you think. There's a possibility Tyrion. Is is a part of that family, you know, with John and Daenerys, the way that like. Mm -hmm. You know, this paralleling John's sort of like experience with a red priestess and Tywin saying that he's not even sure he was the father of Tyrion. And there's a lot of theories thing. that think that he's really a, a Targaryen. And I, I don't uh, really think that, but I do like, yeah. I do think that like they do enough to make it feasible that they would tease something like that. You know, like it's yeah. the theory I like more is that Varys is the mm. uh, secret Targaryen. That's why he has shaves everything yeah. uh, to not not let his his white hair be known to everyone um and that he he realized i don't know i don't know i don't really know how how much that one has i watched like one youtube video on and i'm like oh i could see that and then now i'm <laughs> like i just kind of like head canoned it in the back of my head but uh they they at least have like the spirit of like oh, uh, yeah. the good targaryens i guess um no for but, sure but uh Anywho, Tyrion next leads Varys to a brothel. And uh, they catch sight of a prostitute dressed as Daenerys wearing assless chaps. Uh, mm -hmm. And Varys tells Tyrion that a woman who inspires both sermons and horrors is probably worth meeting. Uh, another another great line, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my line came before they walked in. And it, it was like just the, the bodyguard like at the front. Like he just rubs Tyrion's head. He's like... <laughs> he's like that's, it's good luck to rub a, a dwarf's head, and then Tyrion just claps back. He's like, "Yeah, it's even better luck to or to rub a a dwarf or suck a dwarf's cock." Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just Tyrion always has a clap back for for everything. Uh, oh, it seems fuck like, yeah. and, he's know, had just, his he's had his fair share of uh, fun poked at him for being a dwarf. Yeah. He knows how to he knows how to get back at them. Uh, but uh, Tyrion, while all this is happening. Uh, you, you know, you see Jorah Mormont at the same brothel, kind of like admiring the Daenerys prostitute, but also um, like in pain because she's going over to other men and like it's reminding him of he's been with her. Or do you think that? like do you think like he actually got with her and like she's been with like he, he paid her? I, and, like, he this was actually much less. Um, this was actually much less indicative of him being into that prostitute than I originally thought. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's here because this woman reminds him of Daenerys. I think he's, I think he's so, 
so infatuated with Daenerys herself that he would he would he wouldn't sleep with her. It's just kind of like a like it's like a comfort thing. Like uh mm. she's she's like Daenerys. I I doubt this man's gotten laid at all. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of dude Jorah is, which is kind of bizarre. Like he's the kind of guy to go to a brothel just to like hang out for a little bit. You know? He's like he's like, I just need a break, man. Uh, uh I don't know. It always just is hilarious to me. Like it's just shows Daenerys as a prostitute and then you just see Jorah just like drunk and just sad, like just on yeah. the side. Like no, that's, that's oh, what this, makes me think so Jorah's like, been, you know, like like this dude's just yeah. like oh my god he's just like well and like it's like a self-torture thing too you know like he he doesn't deserve happiness so he's gonna like i think he's metaphor like he's literally playing out what's kind of been happening throughout his life where daenerys has always been right there but he's never been able to he's never been able to do anything in fact she goes and sleeps with other dudes yeah. you know like uh so he's yep. just like this is what i deserve forever and ever you know like uh that's uh, <laughs> uh yeah man I, I, at least he finds a way back you know at least hey, he, well what's, he what's even I, funnier is that he's going he, you know Tyrion. we'll get there Tyrion woos a dark-headed prostitute uh, he's like, hey, uh, sup now? And she's like, they all want her. And he's like, ah, I don't. You're the shit. You know why? You have a skeptic. You have a quizzical, skeptical mind, and that's what I look for in my prostitutes. Uh, it's like a medieval know. riz, I guess. You know, yeah. equivalent. He's just like, right. Just, but it's yeah, I don't know. I, well, well so. he feels like, and this is why I like Tyrion is that like he's he does like it kind of puts on that. Even with prostitutes, he tries to give them an air of comfortability. It doesn't, he doesn't want them to feel like he's forcing them into anything or anything. Like, he's a consensual king, you know? He doesn't want to be like, I'm hiring you, let's go. He's like, hey, I want to earn this a little bit. I'll still pay you, but I want to earn it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I, I respect that. Oh, he's he does. Got he's got to. He's got to have mm -hmm. game. Uh, and she, she agrees to service him. And as soon as, as soon as she does, he's like, Huh? I can't. I, I can't. I, I'm sorry. I can't. No, like I want to. I, I don't know how I'm going to spend my free time if I can't. Uh, no one's more shocked than I am. He's yeah. like, I don't know what. I, I just, I just can't. Dude's um, become monogamous. You know, he's he wants to fall in love, and he wants to he wants to experience those feelings, and he can no longer. Uh, you know, he's got some pretty deep trauma related yeah. to prostitutes at this point now. Uh, it's true. Yeah, yeah, 100%, you know, a little too soon, I think, you know, he's... Well, and I mean, like, a couple examples of it, you know, historically. Yeah, uh, that's, oh, yeah, not even just Shay. Yeah, not even just Shay, which is all, which was, I mean, like, obviously what's really done, put a nail in that coffin, but, yeah. uh, like, yeah. before with Jamie and his dad and, like, her getting passed around to a bunch of Lannister soldiers and them having been married and him being like, oh, okay, so I should just fuck off and die forever. Um, and then having to murder his father and Shay, um, mm -hmm. because he slept with her. Like, oh yeah, he's like, maybe I find love that yeah. I don't have to pay for, huh? Yeah, he's like, ah, I'll just, ah, I'll go take a piss. He's like, <laughs> I don't, I, I, I can't do this right now. Yeah, I'm just... so sorry. I know I just told you that I really yeah. wanted to fuck you, and you were really insecure about everything going on over here. And now I'm giving in. Like, I don't want to. I, I do. I promise, but I don't. Uh, 
just a very funny little scene there and and good you know like you're you're like ah Tyrion, fuck yeah man you're you know like a, a very practical and tangible evidence of character development that you don't get a lot it's usually just like oh they've evolved so much over the course of the show but this is like you can literally point to a time when he was like i'm actually done with paying women for sex yeah because yeah, i mean you get him <clears throat> season one he's with like three women like in winterfell yeah the 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 first time you meet him he yeah. is in bed with several women yeah yeah and uh yeah this is a big development on his Crazy that it, you could say a huge character development point in this character's journey is turning down a prostitute. Like what other? Yeah. Like you know, like just what a show! What a show! Like, what what a show. I, and we're like we're fully behind it too. We're like man, like good on you, Tyrion. You know, like this this is just great character development from you. Yeah, I just ah, oh, just can't can't get this from any other show really. I just I love it. I love it I too. Do too. Much. But the episode tops itself off when he goes to take a piss off the side of a bridge. He loves pissing from tall heights, Tyrion. If there's one thing about Tyrion, yeah. he's going to piss from a really tall height. Nothing's going to uh, beat the wall piss, though. You know? No, nah, that's, that's, that's he's like, pissing off the edge of the world, man. Come on. Yeah. Uh, we're, 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 is there a better piss? I don't think so. I'm trying to think of anywhere else in the Game of Thrones universe. Oh, there can't be. That's like, that's the place to, that's the place to piss, you know? Uh, <laughs> like down the pyramid in Marine? Maybe. Still cool. probably not. Yeah. I'm uh, sure he did that at some point too. If yeah, we're, if we're off the red keep for sure. He's um, done that, like in King's Landing. He's probably mm-hmm. done that. Um, no, the, I don't think. Well, let's just say Tyrion's pissed all the best places. That's, that's maybe, for sure. Maybe off a dragon. You know, maybe riding a dragon, yeah. taking it. Maybe that's like the only thing that yeah, can top that the wall. It. Um, uh, <laughs> well, you know, you could put it. You could like get a, a bunch of shit under your belt. Like as far as the like the height. And the the grandeur of like pissing off the edge of the world, you're not beating the wall. But let's not act like you can't take some sort of pride in pissing off or in the great sept of Baylor. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, yeah, I'm, there's a bunch of royalty buried beneath me, and I'm I'm literally pissing on their grave. Yeah. You know, that uh, sick. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, sorry to talk about pissing so much, but you know, he did piss off the side of a bridge. He loves it. He loves pissing. It's his thing. He did do uh, that. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah Barris loses sight of him in this moment. And just as Tyrion finishes, you know, he's like, uh, he gets approached from behind. And he's like, don't worry. I'll be right there. He turns around. Oh, thought you were somebody else. And Jorah's like, uh, goes ahead and throws a bag over his head. Where, where are you taking me? I'm taking you to the queen. Mm-hmm. Hilarious luck on Jorah to kidnap a man who is already going to the place he plans on taking him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tyrion's like, well, I, I guess, like, okay, like, I don't know. He's like, I'd rather like, not that was way, already you know? my plan. Uh, yeah, like, sure, um, <laughs> but yeah, Jorah, Jorah just won the lottery equivalent, you know, here in like the Game of Thrones universe, just like stumbled upon. I mean, he knew, like, Jorah was probably the only person over there that was like, oh fuck, that's Tyrion Lannister, that's Tyrion like, Lannister, oh, yeah, shit. you know, maybe the, the, uh, what, uh the red woman i don't know is it just uh, are they just the red women or like i feel like the red priestess priestess yeah um maybe maybe she had some something or maybe she was just like ooh, important person you know mm-hmm. i don't know if she necessarily was like oh Tyrion lannister right um, right but yeah that joris and varus probably the only two over there that have any clue um that that's Tyrion. so yeah same brothel they could have gone to any brothel you know or whatever 
That's that's whatever. You know, it's um a dwarf, a eunuch, and a cuck walk into a bar. Yeah. That's that's perfect. Yeah, what a what a, what what a way to end the episode. Instead of John beheading Jano Slint, we got Tyrion pissing off and then you know, taken away from I guess it's more of a cliffhanger. You no, know. it is. They're it's, like, oh shit! Yeah, Jano Slint dying. That's, well, it's, it's another example of that rare worlds colliding. You know, we haven't gotten yeah. a ton of that. In fact, it's been a much more prolonged experience getting to that. Really, I feel yeah. like you know we've had uh, uh, Samwell and Bran cross paths at one point. Uh, Stannis gets to the wall and interacts with John. And now it's like someone from Daenerys' storyline is crossing over with someone from King's Landing. So it's like, yeah. oh, now we're now we're really fucking doing it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's that's exciting. That's exciting stuff. Um, but man, it's a goodie, and that that concludes the episode. Um, how how are we feeling about it? How are we feeling about this bad boy? I like this one more. I don't know. This one just seemed all around better. Like it's I, a good like episode. Every scene was just. I'm like, man, there was no dull point really in the episode at all. Um, I guess like maybe like Arya is like actually the dullest point of the episode. Yeah, crazy. Is, yeah, that's that's a good sign. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm thinking. I don't know. We've just kind of kind of been stepping up, like on enjoyment. Might just be a um, nine, yeah. Episode, yeah, I think it just is kind of that that next little step up. Um, I think yeah, nine nine's fair. I don't know if it's really any higher. Like, there's nothing crazy that happens, but it's just like right. it's just good. It's an enjoyable. It's a very a enjoyable experience. You know, uh, we're like we're like one massive character death short of like a a perfect episode. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and Jano Slint, like he does, he does enough for me, but, uh, you know, like nice, the yeah. last nine two five we gave out was mockingbird, which is when Peter Baelish throws mm. Lysa Aaron through the, through the moon, moon door. door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think we'll get there. Yeah. I don't know. Sons mm-hmm. of the Harvey coming up next. Um, we're getting, I mean, kill the boy. It's a good fucking episode. Um, it's the Who's episode the when I, I just uh it's Eamon giving a speech to John about how he needs to become he ah, needs to kill the boy inside him. Metaphorical I like that. Um that's sick. Yeah, like I don't know I'm trying to remember Sons of the Harp. Is that just whenever like they just start going wild in the street? I'm not sure. No, that's uh, the thing, is that like until until season five, episode eight, I'm kind of and season Five episode six is the only other one that I know exactly what happens during, and that's because it sucks. That's the mar- yeah. That's the uh, wedding between Sansa and Ramsay. Uh, oh, we're in okay. We're in Dorne a little bit. Next episode, we get to Jamie and Braun. Dorne mm. and Dorne, um, a little bit, and then um, I imagine since we didn't get any Jamie and Braun or Daenerys, next episode is going to more than make up for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then. Melisandre seduces John, I guess a little bit. Ah, Sansa visits the tomb. Little Danny speaks with Barristan, injured Grey Worm, helps fight the Sons of Harpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's I thought. I, that, that's what I thought. I mean, Sons of Harpy of the episode. Title. Oh man, we're coming. Up. Oh man, next episode, fucking, we lose, we lose, um, we lose big time. That's a bad. That's a bad one. Um. No. Yeah, Barristan oh. dies next week. Oh no! I scrolled down just to the deaths, and I'm like, 
okay, brothel customer, lead yeah, as soon as you, as soon as you said Grey Worm injured, as soon as you said Grey Worm injured, Barristan fights the Sons of the Harpy. Yeah, Barristan dies next episode. That fucking damn. Well, we Man, that sneaks up character. on you. I would not have. I would not yeah. have assumed that was next episode. So that blows. Yeah. Oh my um, god. We literally said it's one episode, or like just a oh, big. Man, you know what that does mean? We're also getting that conversation between Daenerys and Barristan about Rhaegar, about oh. him like walking through the streets and like singing and being yeah. uh, like. So like it's a it's a, it's a good episode for Barristan uh, next week. That might be you might get an honorary character nod ahead of time. Yeah. You know? uh, wow. If not, just straight up earns it. But regardless, we we are heading in a good direction for the season. Um. Mm-hmm. And critically for this episode, we gave last week a nine two five. It was a very good episode last week. This was another solid episode. Um, I do think I'm closer to nine two five than I am eight seven five. Yeah, uh, I think it was. I was I thinking think nine two five was, was at nine. Like it's either on yeah. the same level or maybe a little bit below. I don't um, think it was quite as good looking as episode two. I think that would be my only complaint. I do think it was. It's we're heading in the right direction though. So I, I would say nine. I would say nine. It's a good nine episode. Yeah, I like that. Because yeah, I don't know, there there was something last episode where it just looked it fucking looked good. Great. Um, and not to say that this one didn't. Like it still looked looked good. I know it was a solid. It was a solid looking episode. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it was just that last episode that was the highlight of last episode. You know, yeah. it was like wow, this is this is a good looking episode of Thrones. Let's see. I'm I'm always intrigued by the the cinematographers week to week. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. This one was Annette Heilmik, who's uh, done a few episodes of Thrones, um, did some additional direction on Spider-Man 2, actually. Okay. Um, but, uh, and now his watch is ended, kissed by fire. Um, last season, she did the director of photography for the uh, Joffrey's death episode, the finale, mm. the mountain and the viper. Okay. Um, and yeah, yeah. this season she does this episode and next episode and she does two more in season six. So very, very solid cinematographer across the, across the scope of the show. Um, and next episode, I remember specifically a few shots that are going to, that are going to hit. So I'm very, very excited for that. Um, but yeah, nine out of 10 mm-hmm. on this one, giving it a 90%. I, I, I dig, I dig, but, uh, yeah, with that, I think we'll conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of book reviews, movie reviews, comic book reviews, and the like. For $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod, follow on Instagram at PennyBloomPodcast, and remember to leave a five-star rate and review and to continue downloading as we continue on with our Winter is Blooming Game of Thrones rewatch. Next week is Season 5, Episode 4, as we said, Sons of the Harpy. Very, very excited for that. But in the meantime, this Wednesday we'll be continuing our Top 100 Favorite Movies Ever with Part 5, Part 5, Part 6. Part six, mm-hmm. the forties, forty through forty-nine. I'm uh, very, very excited for that. We've done, you know, five parts already. Uh, that took us through the bottom fifty, but now we're in the top fifty. And these movies are getting—I mean, they're all great, but I've been good. rewatching yeah. stuff from my forties, and I'm like, we're getting to the point where I can't boost shit up the list. You know, like it's like this is where that movie belongs. 
Um, mm -hmm. I feel good about it. Uh, and it's nice to, it's nice to be reaching that point. Um, let's see this Friday, we continue our comic book movie journey through film with our 30th installment in that project. Mm -hmm. It's uh Superman Two: the Richard Donner cut, which I'm mm -hmm. very, very excited about, uh, to get the director's cut of, of that film. And, uh, well, not even the director's cut, the Donner cut, because the official director of Superman 2 was Richard Lester. Oh. And Richard Donner had a, he just kind of right. came in, and he, he filmed enough to make his own cut of the movie, but some shit fell apart. So we'll, we'll talk about that on Friday. We'll get into all the, all the fun stuff with that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, remember to stand in solidarity with SAG after and the WGA because, uh, you know, they're asking for not very much from these studios and they're getting very, very little. They're not getting any leeway and doesn't seem like there's any progress being made in any capacity, which blows, but it's pressuring the studios. They're losing money. Um, and that's the, that's the point. I'm very, very happy with that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not for actors like, uh, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise and these dudes making millions of dollars. It's for the guy who's getting dressed up in makeup to look like he's been flayed and hang from a, hang from a, a some sort of wiring system, you know, like that. I'm assuming there's a dude in there. Maybe there's not, but if there is a dude in there, uh, <laughs> he deserves to be paid. You know, that's not an easy job. Um, mm -hmm. wouldn't want to be shit. Me. The people, the people who are stringing the dude up. True. You know, they're, they're not. They're not getting character names, but they deserve to be paid for their labor. And uh, everyone involved deserves to be paid for their work. So asking not much for a lot of work. And I think that's important. Um, yeah, with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And it's even better luck to suck a dwarf's cock.